Welcome in, welcome in, welcome friends once again to the newest edition of Three In Three Out Seahawks. What if I am your host, Clinton Bonner? And come on and find me out on Twitter at Clinton Bond. Folks, I'm lonely out there. Come say hello for crying out loud. And of course, I'm joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. And find him out on Twitter at Seahawkers Pod. And it would not be Seahawks. What if we would not be traversing the multiverse and all the possibilities, the probabilities, the what yets, the if twos, the whole thing already without the protector himself, Mr. Phil Lydic, Mr. Phil. Happy birthday to the wifey out there. Hope she Thank enjoys you. it. Yeah, absolutely. And this is good. Again, we talk about it's still tumultuous. We're five and eight. We had with a 20 point win. And now we march west or I guess dead south for those in Seattle. And we got to head into L.A. And, you know, maybe maybe get get some monkeys off our back along the way. Possibly, possibly. So. Let's, Come on, Clinton. You had the East Coast biased us even there on a Seahawks show. Well, they went west from Houston. <laughs> That's true. right. Okay. Okay. Never mind. They had to get back as, west. As you were, yeah. as you were our favorite I'm, East Coast. I, even Seahawks though they went home first and then they're coming. Yeah. Guys, I'm in New matter. York. I'm, I was born in New York, guys. I mean, the, the, the entire you know country, uh, nay, the world revolves around New York City. Don't of we know this it by does. now? I felt yeah. that. I felt that all the way over here. Speaking of coming back west, Brandon, you you went you know you went west northwest there, I'd imagine. So Houston back to Montana, settled back in nicely. Uh, must be a, a condensed week for you. But have you shaken off all the uh, the jet lag webs and everything from your 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 winning trip to Houston? Yeah, mostly north, but a little bit west. If you if you need to really put a direction to it, so sure, I, I sure. feel recovered. I I feel like I'm ready to start getting myself excited. It's like it's like a slow ramp up to the fourth quarter of Sunday's game to where I can I can feel that excitement of yes of what's about to happen is our season going to continue or end in this moment that type of feeling it's on its way very very lovely so we've got this 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 beautiful build and we're going to talk about the maybe some of the percolations things that might happen or or, or of course as it's titled the what ifs the what ifs so. So, Mr. Phil, the protector, what do you got cooking for us this week? We know you love your themeology. So what are you going to lay on us? Themeology? I didn't know I was going to learn a word on the podcast here. I, Clinton, I didn't know but... I'd make one up, you know? Yeah. So here we are. I, I know we're all across the north in different states and time zones. Are you all in a snow globe like I am here in Spokane? It is snowing. We, we It's have snowing snow. there in Brandonville. Yeah. Very nice. Nope. I just got some wet, wet mud. Well, I do like the snow. I think it looks pretty for Christmas. I like how it comes down and covers everything up. We've kind of had a muddy, dirty season, but boy, if we can beat the Niners, then just dominate a crummy team down there where Brandon got to watch right in front of the family of Quandre Diggs. And then if we can come back and find a way to do business against the Rams, it'll start to feel like the season is getting a beautiful a beautiful covering of some good play. I I don't know how it's going to go, but I am, you know, looking forward to what could be if we can accomplish it. I think about going down there to play LA and something comes to mind. I I spent some of my childhood, but it was the older portion in Montana. I actually grew up just north of Portland where my two teams were of course the Seahawks and the Blazers. 
And uh, the Blazers meant a lot to me as a little boy. If I could not watch the game, I always listened to the game. And every time, every time we played the Lakers, especially at home, you always heard this chant and it got more so in the playoffs, but it was beat LA, beat LA, beat LA. I don't even know what franchise started that. I was like, boy, I just assumed that was a Blazer thing. And then I grew up and I guess it's in a baseball realm and other places do the, do the beat LA thing as well. I remember I had some wood blocks. We had a bunch of friends over during a playoff series and our families got together to go against the Lakers. And we're just like slapping the wood blocks together. <laughs> and our whole room is chanting BLA. And I'm thinking this week we need to beat LA for sure. And I don't know if I'll get my boys involved in the chant you know what? or that not. That chant is probably a lot better to teach our kids than the one that we typically use with uh, swear words with regard oh. to the Rams. <laughs> Yeah, for our yes, the, that probably wouldn't be the one that we would teach. Yes, here and yeah, there's I a mean, lot of chance if in you these, want to teach that to your age. kids. That's that's your deal. But uh, you know, I, I'm just if if you want to be a little bit more wholesome in these hateful days, there are many uh, swear word oriented chants that seem to come up around the realm of sports. Can we just get back to the beautiful, innocent beat LA? <laughs> I like it. Could be, it could be sports. It could be politics. It's uh, the profanity is out there nowadays. It's but, happening more but, and more for sure. Yep. Speaking of wholesome, I have this. I have this vision of you with your buddies with those wood blocks you were just you know just talking about in my in my brain. Maybe they're, uh, you know, maybe they're like those those big Jenga pieces or maybe they're just Jenga pieces. Maybe they're Lincoln Logs. Perhaps Lincoln Logs really smell good. It's all these things. But but the nice part is I know, I know you're wearing a a, a dark, well, dark black. There's something. A black with, with the Trailblazers, Blazers, Clyde the Glide jersey while you're, while you're hammering those things. And I must profess, while the Supersonics were my, were my team growing up, Clyde the Glide Drexler is my favorite basketball player of all oh. time. Oh, I've got a few of his rookie cards. You'd be interested. Yeah. So sure. it was Clyde and Largent all over my room, posters, nice. cards all over my room. Those were the, those were the guys got to meet Clyde a few times, get some signatures. We're getting way off base here. I could have, I could have told you what the blocks were, but I, I don't want to go down that path. We got to get to our, what if this is a huge, huge game. And so what if we beat LA? And then I thought of a lot of beats. There were a number of beats we could do and not the beat box type beats, but bad beats, beat the clock, beat your brains, can't be beat. But here's the categories, what I ended up uh, rolling with. Beat the system, beat a path, and different beat. So we're going to start off with beat the system. I have here a odd number, an odd number, which means episode 15 would go to Brandon. I think I messed up here recently, but nobody noticed. Nobody, nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. Nobody cared. Except for Brandon, apparently noticed. He just <laughs> kept it to himself. But Brandon, you're going to go first. We're going to get back on path properly. Um, and so what if we beat LA? Beating the system. We seem to have a bit of a systemic problem with the McVeigh Rams, Brandon. A little bit. I'd like you guys, I'd like <laughs> you guys to guess what these numbers are. 10, 42, 33, 36, 29, 28, 23, 9, 30, and 26. Any idea what that is? Those are the yes. numbers from the show Lost. Are they? I think you're right. <laughs> I think they I were think the lottery numbers. That. That, uh... that's, that's the numbers that showed up there. Did you recently watch Lost or you just remember from way back? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Clinton, any guess what those numbers are? Those, I believe, would be our point totals in the last X amount of games just rattled off. Those are the points that we've allowed the McVeigh Rams to score against us. So we've had a couple good ones, 9 and 10. 26.6 is the average we've allowed them to score. Of course, we're only giving about 20 this year, but 
overall, we've managed to let McVay score more than we do against other teams. And then, of course, we're three and seven against him, including the playoff game. And so as we take on this offense, Brandon, how can Pete and Ken lessen that damage? How can we get it more towards the nine and 10 area? In fact, last game we started out real good. It was only three points in the first half. But how can Pete and Ken lessen this damage? What do you think? You know, I, I think they have to kind of get away from that that zone defense that they generally stick toward because whatever it is, the the defense that they generally play against this Rams team, Sean McVay has it figured out. He knows what to do and and how to beat it. So they need to find something different. That, you know, if you can go in and and kind of scout yourself. And, and what you tend to do, your tendencies against this Rams team, you have to try something different. You can't keep rolling it out and saying that it was just a breakdown of, of how the personnel needed to do in certain situations. You, you might have to look at wholesale type changes if you want this losing streak. And I consider it a streak, even though there might be breaks in between. But the, sure. the dominance by the Rams, if you want that to, to stop. Can we get Cooper Cup to drop another two-point conversion at the end of the game? That'd be cool because I'm worried he's going to do other things to us. Great, great thoughts there. Some wholesale changes. Just try something very different. What do you think, Clinton? So, yeah, this is, a, this is another one where, for me where it's a bit of a jumping off as opposed to a departure. Um, and uh, I must say a couple of years ago on three and three out, I was calling Cooper Cup the most overrated wide, re- <laughs> wide receiver in the game. Really? And, like, and I, was, I was brash about it. And I don't think I was wrong at the time because of I thought he was not clutch. I the the games I watched him, like this dude just drops balls in big scenarios, and she is he sure has showed me <laughs> he has <laughs> he has showed me that uh, he's he, pretty you know, good. He's well, he's, not, he's beyond pretty good. I mean, he is, and he's he's actually lining up to be a potential MVP candidate. That's how good of a season that dude's having. So so um, Brandon's point about. Let's not just play the typical four three, and can we can we do the things that we were seeing more when when Jamal and Ryan Neal were on the field? Uh, now we're down, you know. But the, the DBs, it's, it's hey, it's a long season. Everybody's hurt, whether it's COVID or, or injuries. The NFL is ragged right now, right? So it's depleted. With that, can we just do a, hey? Like I'd rather be burnt and with a heck of a lot more man. See what's up. And run out those those nickel packages and dime packages and just do it that way. See if that can work. Because I know the other side, the other side of the coin is like, you know, Stafford is fairly immobile. Just go get pressure with four. Sure. That's all well and good if you're if you're the Buccaneers. We don't generate a lot of pressure with four dudes. I wish we did. And there's spurts, but it's not consistent. So if we just play our base defense. We're gonna get torn apart. Like so, we've so Brandon, I'm with you. We've got to try. We've got to go into other scenarios with man and get out of that zone stuff because Stafford is. Listen, Dave, Davis, Davis, which I caught my. I realized I said David like 17 out of 20 times on three and three out. Davis Mills was good enough to sit back there and feel. You pointed it out. He's an NFL quarterback. Time and space. They they will they will put those things together and, and find open receivers. Stafford is is a step change better than Davis Mills. It's like a penalty kick in soccer. I mean, nobody's around. Who can't aim? Yeah, exactly. At that level, these guys are all, you know, professionals for a reason. So, so Brandon, I'm not sure if that also brings anything else up for you, but like, you know, I'm just adding on to what you said, but I want to see some, some jam, some man and beat LA that way. 
Well, I'd like to be encouraged that last game we held them to three in the first half, but I was there. The main reason we held them to three in the first half is Stafford kept choking on third down. Guys were open over and over, and he was missing them, and we get the ball back. And then he was dialing it in. He got three out of three out of the first four drives in the second. They had a touchdown. So I'm not really confident to say, let's just do what we did last game because uh, that just leaves it up to yeah, Stafford. Yeah, you can't count on Stafford just being unclutch. I mean, that'd be nice. I'll take it, but... I'd like for us to force the issue a little bit more. Next question. Next question starts off with Clinton. You know, Shane Waldron, of course, developed much of his system under McVay. Mm -hmm. How can his system help Russ beat these very familiar defensive stars? So we're using the system, beat the system. How can Shane help Russ beat this team? And of course, they got three awesome pass rushers. We know what we're going against. What, what do you think Shane can do to help Russ against them this week? I like this question. I like it because it, it'll help me, um, you know, go back to some things I've been I've, I've been stampeding on and campaigning on for a little bit here. What comes up for me is we have starting to see. We saw it week one, and I've been sounding the horn that I think D. Eskridge has been a huge missing piece in the Shane Waldron, uh, what scheme that he wants to go run. We saw again last week, right? So in week game 13, we saw lots of motion. We, and we, we saw, we talked about on, on last, what if was Russ, whether it was designed or not rolling outside of the pocket, yes. getting outside of the pocket that opened up that deep shot to Tyler. And, you know, we know Tyler as of the, today ended up on the COVID list. Hopefully it's a false positive and, and they changed the protocols and he could play. We'll find out about all that. But it's got to be more of that. Um, Leonard Floyd, it's easy. You know, you know about Donald. And of course, most people know about Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd destroys us. Like he absolutely destroys us, man. So getting outside of that dude and creating some space. Um, but in they're a, a lot more disciplined than Houston, right, Clinton? I mean, they're not just going to leave an open lane for Russ to escape like that, wouldn't you no, say? No, I mean, I, I most they're a much better team. Right? They're, they're a much, much better team. Um, however... You're asking like the best ways, I think. I still think those those tactics are sound. You know, still it, give, give them a taste of their own medicine. Do the cross formation stuff. Do the do the trap schemes we were seeing. That play, which we talked about on three in, three out, my favorite play of last game. You had the, uh, you had, well, who was it? Uh, uh, Damian Lewis pulling. It was a play action trap to, to Penny. Hits the back foot and it's a 25 yard gain over the middle to Disley. Man, that we, I know it's, it's like, Hey, practice that versus the Texans. Now go execute that against a much more superior team, but that type of offense, that's what we got to do. Well, and, and Clinton, when this competition between you and Brandon on who was the better pick the center or D Eskridge, I mean, you took the lead D Eskridge now has a touchdown. And as far as I know, as far as I know, the chiefs haven't scored any touchdowns from their center yet. Creed so free zero points. So, so you did take zero. a lead in that area. You did take a lead in that area. And, and uh, D was even able to throw in a block. Now it was a little bit of a candy cane block, but he was able to throw in a, a key block. And so he, he's doing Creed Humphrey stuff. He's also scoring touchdowns. And so take that Brandon. <laughs> hey, I, I'm, I, I'll be happy to be wrong on this, you know, much like I know Clinton is happy to be wrong when it comes to Rashad Penny and, and his yes, performance. That's true. Yeah. And I think that leads me to you know, what can help out Russ against this Rams team. It is a heavy dose of Rashad Penny and having that success with the run. Because if we're talking about how can Shane help this offense and help Russ, 
you know, I, I don't think that if Russ operates the way he did against that Texans defensive line, if he's going to have as much success against the Rams because Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, they will track him down Vaughn. And, and take him. Don't you don't even need to bring up Vaughn's name. <laughs> They, they yep. will track him down. It, it's a completely different defensive line. They need to have the type of approach to the Rams defense as the they did with the defensive line for the 49ers, getting the ball out quick. And another thing that the 49ers offense does and why the Niners have so much success against the Rams is that they run the football against this Rams defense. And that sets up so much more that they can do that, that Russell can have that kind of success and and so in that way, the the way they operated against the Texans, we saw a much more balanced Seahawks offense where yes. the run game was working. Russ was doing some play action. He was throwing the deep balls. He was hitting Tyler in these really small windows on the sidelines and he was getting his feet down. So it's going to be a problem if Tyler isn't going to be on the field because we're, we're going to miss that. But uh, I, I keep telling Clinton that that was a false positive that he had. So with these changed rules. Uh, you're positive. Tyler, you're positive. It's false positive. It was positive, positive. It was a false positive. I, I have no insider information. I just have a gut feeling and I'm, I'm going with that. So I'm re I'm <laughs> reporting on my gut feeling that uh, Tyler Lockett's positive is a false positive per my gut. You've heard it here first. It's a positive feeling from Brandon. <laughs> and uh, while you're talking about Penny, which uh, you kind of read my mind, we moved from beating the system to beating a path. And, and here's a chance to add a little something to that. If you hear how the question comes, trying to beat LA that Penny is going to be important or at least the, the running game. What if Penny and company can beat a path through this D line? That's kind of where if we're going to say they're weak, they're weaker there. Here's the question. And uh, this one's one that Clinton kind of has, we can expect his way of answering, but how might you answer it first? What will rushing success look like to you? I mean, you started to say it's going to free up Russ. Is that, is that really what all there is? Or for them to be successful, what's that going to look like? Stalling the pass rush? Where would you go with that, Brandon? Make them focus on stopping the rush. Because we, we see that even with the Seahawks pass rush, right? They they get to well, and it's just a focus on of Pete is that he has the defense focused on stopping the run first. And so you see in, in a game like with the Texans, yes, it, it seems close, even though it, you, you can feel the domination of of the Seahawks yeah. in that game. It was a very close game through the first three quarters, 16, 13. Yeah. yeah. And and so it, it stayed close in terms of points. I my my point is, is that if you get the Rams so that they have to focus on stopping the run that gives Russ the opportunity, just however much more time that gives him when he drops back to pass and they have to respect the run in some form, then I, I think that that is what is going to give Russ that time to, to have that kind of success. All right, Clinton, what do you think about this? Uh, what if Penny and company can beat a path? What's rushing success look like to you against the Rams? I'm not. I'm actually going to avoid numbers here. Uh, I'm, I'm fighting. I'm fighting the will to say the YPC is this. I'm, I'm fighting it. I'll get to some numbers. Don't you worry. But it won't be those. Um, but what I, what my brain's going towards is last game we saw. We kind of saw the resurrection of the George Fant sixth lineman role, but played by our tight end Will Disley. He did a lot of that, um, and it was to go help out Curran, right? Um, and it worked. And they set up play action off of that quite a bit too. 
And our play action, our play action rate was something, I think I want to say we were like 80% completion rate on our play actions last week. And these things are not in vacuums. They, they all, they all coalesce together to be a more a run efficient offense. And then that opens things up. So I would love to see that, that replication of, you know, Disley, Disley in as, as that sixth guy, I mean, traditional tight end stuff, but really that, that Zach Miller and, and George Fant style stuff, where it's just like, let's bring that big dude in and, and just give Curran the, the, the help he needs there. A little bit more smash mouth. I think it can work. It's, 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 it has worked before. And while I'm on the topic of George Fant, we talk about, talk about Creed Humphrey being a great PFF guy. If you go go look at George Fant's freaking PFF grade on the abysmal Jets if you want to cry a little bit. It's insane. All right. Thanks a lot for that, Clinton. Um, <laughs> but it will be your question again here. Speaking of beating a path, what if some Hawks can manage to beat a pass to Stafford in the pass rush? Mm. Here, I'll give you a couple routes to go and maybe depending on what you've looked at or seen. Who can be beat in protection on the Ramzo line or which Hawks might beat their protection you can go either or both whatever you like but uh is there a couple rams you've identified we can get this guy or a couple hawks you expect are going to do well on uh potentially making a difference causing some problems for stafford quinn uh, I'll, I'll stick on the, the side that i know more about and that's certainly certainly our our dudes versus their dudes um what, what we what we saw last week was was big old thigh arms right so let's let's rewind the clock for two weeks two weeks ago we saw pressure from the outside with uh with Taylor and Robinson almost getting there a couple times on Jimmy G. We're like almost like simultaneously getting there together, which was which is pretty cool. Last week we had Taylor a couple times, one gets called back, but we also had that crumple zone pressure, like I like to, you know, call it from the Al Al Woods of the world. So where what I what I think will happen here is I think the center from from the Rams, that's that's the position where they've traditionally kind of not paid too much attention to. Hey, we'll we'll put a guy here and we'll yeah. figure this thing out. Um, and you saw that if you watched, if you watched the game last week, uh, the, you know, Cardinals had some success there too, getting, getting right up the gut on them. So I want to see the Al Woods, but I really want to see Puna Ford. We talked about it weeks ago, like, Hey, down the stretch, can we have, can we have like a combination of the interior guys getting three to four to five sacks as an aggregate? You know, we're not expecting Al Woods to go get five sacks all of a sudden, but so it's kind of like, Hey, can it be Puna's turn? And I hope it can be. So that's the dude I want to see stand out is like Al did it last week. Tag team Puna. Let Puna shine this week. What do you think, Brandon? Can we beat a path to Stafford? I'm not confident uh, when it comes to, to this, actually, because I, I just haven't seen it enough in recent weeks, let alone ever against the Rams. So um, I, I know we have the expectation. Daryl Taylor's having a good season. But can he continue that against these Rams tackles? I I tend to think more of they have two tackles out. Havenstein and Jackson are both out there right side, out? so they're gonna, so they're going to have to fill in with somebody from the one of their left side backups. So okay. it's possible that that their right side might be a weak point. That that is possible. Then I, gosh, I've seen so little pressure put on Stafford, which is why you know it was it was a little bit. Shocking that he had the type of game that he did last. Well, it wasn't shocking because he had kind of the bad first half just on his own accord, uh, overthrowing guys and missing guys on third down. And then he was able to kind of take control in the second half and and get it dialed in. And that's that's when he turned it on. So without Jamal Adams, without a really stellar 
pass rush from this team, you know, Dunlap. The, one of the weird things, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this at all from watching it on TV, but the substitutions for the Seahawks defense against the Texans, there were so many times where I would see Dunlap run out onto the field and look like he was going to huddle up. And then they changed the personnel, like after he had gone on the field and, and brought him <laughs> back. So, and I don't know if that was Dunlap trying to get in the game, but he was going in with other guys. So I'm assuming that he knew what he was doing. And, and then they were changing packages. So it was, um, it was very strange to see just that kind of that, to see that much confusion in terms of personnel with the yeah. defense. And if that's something that's been happening all season and it's just, not something that it picks up on on TV. I wonder if that contributes to the way that the, the defensive line performs. Guys don't know their role. They don't know their spot in the pecking order. They're trying to get someone to be the standout other than Taylor. And so they're just throwing a bunch of things up against the wall and see what might stick. You think we're doing a little bit of that on the pass I, rush? It's, well, whatever it's whatever they're doing, it, it doesn't seem to be providing that type of, of pass rush that we thought that this kind sure. of disparate group of of C and B players could end up being. And so I'm I'm just trying to think of other things that that could be contributing to that. All right, well let's go in another direction instead of beating a dead horse, which I guess we we can do sometimes. Uh, speaking of beating LA, I'd like for them to be a dead horse this week, but uh we'll, we'll kind of move to where I'll allow you guys to get some creativity a little bit and I think these division games some creative things might happen. What if, Brandon, what if some unexpected moments can happen? I know a game I got to go out was where Russ escaped the pocket and threw his crazy pass that almost looked like it was getting thrown away. And then Tyler uh, had his toes down and was almost level with the ground and and caught a touchdown. That was pretty sweet to see live, but um, maybe not quite that extreme. But what about some unexpected moments that might happen? Give a list of some things to look for, maybe some difference-making moments uh, that we and obviously you can't just pick one because it's hard to pick okay these are rare unique shots but what kind of things might you like to see or there's a chance it can happen here in this division game against the rams one of the things i'd like to see and i guess you could consider it an unexpected moment because when has rashad penny ever had back-to-back 100 yard oh, games? i like that yeah if rashad could have another 100-yard rushing, two-touchdown-type performance. Be sweet. I think that is what could, you know, because then you're keeping, you're controlling the clock, you're controlling time of possession, keeping the defense off the field, and and so that way, if things go the way they have been, with time of possession being heavily in favor of the opposing team, that you're going to end up with the same outcome against the Rams. What do you got, Clinton? Something uh, maybe unique, something unexpected, a few things that you might that might be able to happen here this week. Yeah, I got one on both sides of the ball, and and, and I'm gonna leave us uh, leave special teams out of it for now because I, I I always like talking special teams. Um, I however, was sure you were gonna do special teams. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so it, correct. Right? You would you would think, and again, I'm, I'm like fighting my own instincts to be like, don't talk about DS because you're returning kicks again. Don't say it. Although, who are you, and what did you do with Clinton Bonner? <laughs> the, the dude should be returning <laughs> kicks, but it's okay. I, I want. So two weeks ago against the against the 49ers, the Russell Wilson spray chart, right? They show the after the game, they show that the spray chart. And there was so much abuse in a good way of the middle of the field. And then and then last week there was some of that. There was a lot of shots down, you know, down, down the left hand side, right hand side also. And I think, Brandon, what you said earlier really resonated with me that if we're if we're gonna beat this team, it'll be more like the way we approach the, the Niners game, likely. 
the quick decision over the middle stuff. So I want the combo package of, I want that midfield spray chart to be just lit up with, with action green. And I want a DK game where the dude is into double digit targets with or without Tyler on the field and multiple five, six receptions over like short middle, short middle. That'd be sweet. Like, Unexpected, they, but awesome. Yeah. They don't do it. They don't do it a lot. A couple of, was it last year at this uh, last year early? They had that drag route where, you know, DK just runs across the screen, gets the ball in stride and he's gone, gone up the sidelines. Russ and DK need to work on that because he had that opportunity down in the end zone to get his touchdown mm. after, you know, after he had the long one called back and Russ you know, threw the quick pass and it was just behind him and how they can be that off with the timing. I think he saw is, a one is, eight and it was a one four. And so he had his speed <laughs> dialed in wrong. He was like, I'm hitting Swain maybe. right here. Oh, it's DK. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't throw a part up. He's too fast. That, that, that's I like, I like that. At least it's a reason, right? So, but that's that's that offensive side. And then the defensive side, you know, you know, one thing, I'm not sure we're gonna get this, but you know, one thing we don't get, I, can you guys remember a time this year we sent a cornerback on a blitz? Like a straight, like we you know where he's on his dude. The nickel. We send nickel. Yeah, ni- nickel, but like the guys, yeah, the guy I just you don't see that very much. And I'm just looking for something not when they get home i i don't think they've gotten home yet but fun. there have been i've seen neil uh, i've seen ugo a couple times right i've seen yeah but I, I just you know maybe give sydney jones a shot at that like you let, know i was uh, thinking him he could he could pop a hit too. yes sydney, yeah yeah he brings his hat so. i think th- i think they brought jones in this houston game it was just that they ran a run play and uh jones ended up in the backfield and and getting a i don't know if he got a tackle for a loss or it, it got back to the line of scrimmage but yeah the times they've done it, I don't think it's happened on a pack. He's got great timing on tackling. I feel like Jones does. I'm not going to say everything else about his game, but his timing on when to jump and, and how to go, it always seems right on. I don't see him miss jump those. That, that'd be a fun one to try. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to see maybe just a little bit of that stuff where it's because those are exciting, right? Like if they either they're chasing the quarterback down, that's exciting. Or sometimes you get the blindside stuff. They just don't see the quarter, the quarterback oh, yeah. coming off the edge. And that's like, Oh my gosh, here comes a murder death kill and the ball's flying out. And then, you know, they don't have East, uh, Ethan Postick, So they're not jumping on it and we recover the ball. And that's our ball. That's, that's what I want. Okay. Clinton, here's the question. This, this is the one here. Speaking of a different beat, different beat. And on what if, what makes the Rams so different? You know, a lot of teams try to, copy them, but I'm at least coming against the Hawks. What makes them so different? This three and seven thing we have against McVay. What if we can overcome the thing that makes them so hard for the Hawks to beat? If as a fan, you've watched them these 10 times, what's that thing that you notice about them? What is it? And how can the Hawks do it? I'm I'm sure Pete would pay you a million bucks if you give him the answer. So now you're going to just do it for pennies or free here. So people can enjoy your answer as they listen while they're shoveling their snow um but what makes them so different and how can we overcome that clint what do you think it is all right so you know again you could go look at you can look at both sides of the ball i'll stick on the rams offensive side of the ball um and i think what helps them is that they are uh rabidly willing to take what is given despite who their quarterback is and you know stafford came in stafford's a much better talent than Goff and oh yeah Goff beat us you know eight ways till to Sunday very often Goff got the better of us one thumb Goff beats us I and I think it's just the whatever that is the scheme the coaching 
that they are potentially a better prep team than we are. And then they know what we're going to go do. And if we fall into those zones that Brandon led out the show with, they are more than willing to, to pick it apart and then and yes. just and say, okay, you, you want to give us eight yards? We saw it with Robert Woods last time. Robert, and, and we know he's hurt, but they go out and get OBJ. Van Jefferson has stepped up as an, a good two slash three. So, you know, they just built that right back up rather quickly. But the Robert Woods game from earlier in the year is exactly it. It's like, okay, Cooper Cup's going to get, you know, limited targets in that game, but you're just leaving Woods on, you know, uh, let's say just over, over Bobby Wagner. Yeah, we're going to take that. So Between Bobby and the safeties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if it's, I don't know, now how do you stop it? I think it's the things we covered earlier, so I don't want to retread that. Or how do you potentially stop it? But that's why I think they're so difficult is because they will, they will exploit the, the weakness and they're cool with taking what you give and they're, and they're good enough to yeah. execute on that thing over and over and over again until you, until you show them you can't, they are focused. What do you think, Brandon? If you have the same answer as what, what it is, how do we beat it? Maybe you have a different answer, but how can we overcome what makes them so different? Well, just to, to add on to what Clinton was saying, and I, I, I do want to flip over to the defense, but to add on offensively, I, I haven't charted it out, but one thing to watch for, how many times Matt Stafford hits a receiver who is in stride and oh, like running yeah, the ball. That's a good it, point it's too. not that they just sit down in a zone. It's that if they're crossing over the middle and hitting them in stride. And that's something that I, it, it bothers me that we don't do it enough uh, because I do think that that's how you, you end up seeing teams like the Rams with so many yards after the catch. Was Golden the and, only player that Russ was ever good at doing that with consistently? It seemed like Golden was his only guy that he... Yeah, and it, it always seemed like it's kind of in those bubble screen type situations. But um, yeah, I, I just it's not a big part of the, the Seahawks offensive game, unfortunately. So you're saying what three I, coordinators, it's been three different coordinators have been why we haven't hit guys in stride, or is it the one quarterback? It, it could be the one quarterback in that short over the middle type range okay. that it's just not his game. And uh, I would lean more toward that than the coordinators because the consistency yeah. points to Russ. But on the defensive side of the ball, talk about something that's unique. <laughs> They've got Aaron freaking Donald in the middle of their defense. And that guy is unstoppable, especially when you have Ethan Postick <laughs> as your center. It doesn't help. Instead of Creed okay. Humphrey, right? <laughs> yeah. He's going to need some help. Let's give Ethan some help in this game. That's the key. Uh, you know, who else that they have on defense, though, that, you know, we may or may not see, but we'll probably see is Jalen Ramsey. So and and we've seen him be able to shut down DK. So if Tyler's not here, you know, talk about the things that they those unique pieces that they have. Personnel. It's Aaron Donald yeah. as Jalen Ramsey. Those two players ability to be the most dominant at their position and essentially you know, if if you have to focus two guys and a lot of times two guys isn't enough when it comes to Donald and can take your top receiver out of the game. If it's DK Metcalf, then, you know, you're really playing at a disadvantage to this Rams defense. All right, guys. Well, you, you showed me the problem. I don't know that I got the solution, but you did show me the problem. on both sides. Running the football, you avoid you avoid Russ getting tracked down by Donald and you don't have to worry about whoever's covering. Uh, whoever Ramsey's covering. Yeah, you said it earlier. Very good. Okay. Well, since it's a huge game, guys, what if we have one fun bonus? Let's no? do it. Yeah, Ooh. bonus. 
That's the beat LA. Beat the LA. Rams. Beat yeah, the Rams. Okay. So every play, and, and I want everybody at home or while they're shoveling with their ears to play along. And here's the question. You go into this game. If this thing happens, we can't be beat. If this thing happens, we can't be beat by the Rams. Don't you dare say score, score more, more points, points than them. <laughs> Don't or I'll crawl through this internet. I'll crawl through this internet, guys. And I'll beat some fun back into your sorry soul. Eight Russell Wilson touchdown passes. Okay. So so Brandon's got okay. eight. He already kind of said, if we run the ball effectively, we got a great shot. But that doesn't mean we can't be beat. If we do that and Russ throws eight TDs, then I'm with him. I think we got a great chance. How about you, Clinton? If this happens, we can't be beat. All right. I it, it, the, the can't is hard because that's that's hard to hard to say for sure. Well, it's just because can't be beats a common thing to say. I oh, probably I should have said no, I, most I, I, likely won't be, but you that's know. That's okay. That's okay. I was trying to use a, I'm, you know, I'm processing. I'm, 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 processing. I'm, I'm processing over here. However, how about this? I'll give you, I'll give you, it's ending on some numerology. What if we were to double up our sacks versus sacks given up? Ah. What if it's like 4 2? Mm. You know, like we, like, like we just, we figure it out, right? Taylor has two and a half. Robinson has one. If Dunlap, you know, you, you get the gist. Puna has one. And we end up in like four sacks to two. And it's just like, it, that will mean a lot of things. I feel that like- That would be if, amazing. Yeah, if, that if, would if be that amazing. happens, yep. a lot of good, I feel like, happen on both sides of the ball. So that's the thing. If we outsack them and it's like a, it literally is a hundred percent more, one to two, two to four, you know, the rest of the three to six, a little crazy. And then I think we win this game because a lot of good- probably preceded that sure very good did you want to try a serious answer brandon or are you just sticking with the eight touchdowns i i, I do have okay. a serious <laughs> answer and it is it's take away cooper cup okay. if he finishes with less than 70 yards no touchdowns if you're able to hold cup to to that kind of day and whether that's dj reed having you know coverage on him whether it's ugo amati keeping with him stride on stride then I, I think if you're able to, if there's one guy that I'm worried about beating this Seahawks defense on the Rams offense, it's, Co it's Cooper Cup. All right. Well, we need to beat L.A. Beat so everybody, LA. Beat get LA. your family beat to join LA. the chant, grab beat your kindling blocks uh, and get them going. Beat L.A., beat L.A. And boy, this could be a fun season if we win. If not, well, we'll just uh, watch three games for the fact that they're three games after this and just enjoy some football. But if they can win this one, when they win this one, it, when they win this one, when, when they, they might win this one, when they beat LA, it might portend to some better things ahead. How about that? So what if we just go ahead and say, go Hawks, go Hawks, go Hawks, beat LA, go Hawks, go Hawks, beat LA, Clyde the Glide.